what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX GamerCast. We are on episode 47, and this is my little weekly gaming show where once a week I just talk about a video game, rather a top 10 list, a topic, a particular video game from my past, and we just go full retrospective going back. Could be versus. We got a retro backlog series. If you like video games as much as I do, then you might have a good time here. So, Today we are going to be doing another entry into the backlog, the retro backlog series where I'm going back, playing through some of the all-time classics that I missed during my childhood. And today on the docket, we are talking about the legendary Final Fantasy VI. I have never played this game before. It has always been just out of my grasp growing up. I've seen it. I've heard so much about this game, it's just uh, rather a little bit too difficult to find, locate, a little bit out of my price range. There's always just been something that has prevented me from getting my hands on Final Fantasy VI and playing it in a way that I would love to play it. And now finally, with the Pixel Remasters being released... I now have that opportunity. So, I played through Final Fantasy VI. That is what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into the Final Fantasy VI talk, let's talk about what I've been up to over the last week or so. And I always encourage my listeners, let me know what you've been up to over the last week or whenever. Uh, If you're into a really cool TV show, you watched a really good movie, you're into some awesome video game, it doesn't have to be new, it could be old, it could be super old, a classic, retro, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. There's so much gosh darn media out there, there's no way I can have my finger on the pulse of everything, things are gonna slip through the cracks, so I always love a good recommendation, so... Let me know what you've been up to over the last little bit. What can you just not put down? What show can you just not... You're losing sleep over this television show because you just have to watch another episode. So let me know what y'all been up to. Can't wait to hear it. So I hope you can't wait to hear what I've been up to because I've been up to some stuff. So let's start out with... Let's do video games first this week. So... Uh, Last week I talked about uh, I was going to buy some games. They had a big sale on Nintendo Switch, and I did that. So I bought the Phoenix Wright Trilogy, Ace Attorney or whatever. I started that up, the, the first game in the trilogy. I played a little bit before, a little while ago, and like, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different. It's unlike any game that I played. It's kind of like, uh, it's like a puzzle game, story-driven. It's interesting. Now, I've only played one case, so I played like maybe 30 minutes of it, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a really dandy game that like, oh, I'll just bang out a case here or there, and like, yeah, so far, so good. I'm enjoying it, gonna be playing through that, and... I don't know about a review or anything like that, but we will see. So far, so good. I finally started up Spider-Man Miles Morales. So with the Spider-Man 2, very it's getting close. We're getting close to that release date. Starting to get the Spider-Man bug a little bit, so I popped that some bitch in. That was really the first game I bought when I got my PlayStation 5, and I still haven't played it. So here we are. We're here, I'm playing Miles Morales, and I'm having... A fantastic time. I mean, oh my goodness. It's very familiar. You know, I played these shit out of the original Spider-Man on PS4. Got the Platinum. I got all the DLC, but I got a little bit burned out. Never actually finished off the DLC. So maybe after I'm done with Miles Morales here, I'll go back and maybe clean up the rest of that DLC. 
But um, yes, Miles Morales going very well so far. I'm, I'm really into it. It's a gorgeous looking game. Runs fantastic on the PlayStation 5. Virtually no load times. Really like that. So you can just fast travel around and everything. You get some new powers in Miles Morales that I'm really enjoying. Especially the invisibility cloak thing. That's extremely useful. Really enjoying that. Uh, Miles as a character is pretty good. You know, um, very, very similar to Peter. Just kind of that quirky, nerdy, kind of shy, but, you know, your classic Peter Parker, he's fine, he's great. Uh, Story-wise, you know, it's there, it's, uh, I haven't really gotten too, too deep into it, but I have put in quite a bit of time into the Spider-Man already, I'm aware that it is a shorter game, and it it claims I'm already, like, 60% through it, so yeah, it's probably, probably not the longest game, but that's exactly what the doctor ordered, because I just finished off Persona, that was a 70, 80 hour game, just did Final Fantasy, that was a 30 hour game, and I'm playing Legend of Zelda, and that's just an infinitely long game, so I'm in the market for something a little short and sweet, so Miles Morales looks like it's doing good so far, very much so enjoying that game. And what else have I been playing? Obviously still playing through Legend of Zelda. If you want to hear more about my thoughts on that, you can go back a couple episodes. I did my kind of first impressions of the first 50 hours or so of my playthrough of Legend of Zelda. So you can get the full details in that episode back there and I'll let you know how everything is going so far. I'm still proceeding very well with the game, very slowly. I'm uh, starting to get made fun of a little bit for not getting, like, I still only have one temple done. I haven't even uncovered all the regions in the in Hyrule. I barely a fucking, there's still so much of the underground. I can't believe how big it is. It's probably bigger than Hyrule itself. There's, there's, it's so big. So yeah, I still have so, so much to plug away at at Legend of Zelda. Again, let me know if y'all are still playing Legend of Zelda out there, and I hope y'all are. I imagine everyone still is. How you liking it so far? I'm still loving it. Absolutely loving it. So, that is just about everything that I've been up to video game-wise. I have been partaking in a few shows this week, so I've been continuing on my viewing of Succession. We're on Season 3 now, and holy fuck, what an ending to Season season 2. That was awesome. I was so... You know, no spoilers, obviously, but the ending of season two was banging. I was like, oh shit, it went down, he did it, I'm so happy for him, sort of, I guess, but everyone's pretty much a scumbag in that show, they're all backstabbing two-faced some bitches, but it's an entertaining, fun show, so yeah, I'm just going to be continuing onward through that, on to season three now, pretty damn good show. So... And uh, we watched, uh, my wife and I partook in a couple documentary series. We watched the Tour de France uh, series made by, I'm pretty sure it's made by the people who did Drive to Survive, which is the F1 show on Netflix. Um, Now, honestly, there's a lot of these kind of shows popping up now because of the success of that Drive to Survive. You have the golf one, you got this biking one now, and there's going to be more. Uh, Honestly, none of them... Uh, that I've watched have uh, captured the magic of what Drive to Survive was. That was just such a fantastic, it was so good. But uh, this Tour de France one is also quite good. I mean, um, there aren't like the characters per se that there is in Drive to Survive. That's what kind of makes that show so good because there's a lot of 
good characters in there. Um, but it was very interesting, right? I learned again. You learn a lot about Tour de France. I don't know the fu- all. I know is that it's a very, very, very long bike ride. But even that's not even putting it correctly. It's an insanely long bike ride, and um, it, I, I learned that it is a much more team sport. I never, I had no idea that there was teams involved. So yeah, I mean, it's a, obviously a extremely grueling. Uh, tour, race, whatever it is, extremely long, hundreds and hundreds, possibly thousands of kilometers ridden over this this tour. So you get an in-depth look at how all that is going down. And obviously, uh, it was cool. It wasn't, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a must-watch or anything, but if you're curious, if you like these kind of sports documentaries, then yeah, you're going to probably enjoy it. I didn't think it was, like, amazing or anything. I was in and out on a few episodes, but it was honestly a little bit long. It was like eight episodes. I was, I, you know, I didn't, yeah, it was fine. It was, it was worth a watch if you're into that kind of thing. But if you're maybe a little bit burned out, kind of like I am with these style of shows, because once something's popular, they're just going to start popping up like crazy. But it was, it was good. There's really nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't drive to survive. That's all I got to say about that. And then we watched, um, called Waco American Apocalypse so um she just my wife brought up Waco and I was like oh what was Waco again and like I just I couldn't bring it up I was like I don't remember I don't know what Waco is I remember I know the name of Waco I was like I know that name but I was like what happened so we watched the documentary on it and it was uh very very interesting tragic quite sad it's uh, it's not a very pleasant documentary it's about a religious cult and, uh, yeah, there was, like, a massive shootout, and, yeah, things went really bad, but it was, um, three-part docu-series, quite interesting, you get, a you get a, you get to have some interviews with people that were in the cult that were quite interesting, really eye-opening, a little bit, uh, there's a particular person in that documentary, I just fucking hated every word that was coming out of her mouth, I was like, wow, you really drank the Kool-Aid up in there, but, Really interesting, man. Like, this took place in 1993, the year I was born. So, like, yeah, it kind of went over my head. I forgot about it. But, um, yeah, really, really interesting. I believe they said it was the biggest shootout in American history. I think it's something like that. So, if you're into that kind of stuff, you want to learn something, uh, it was quite quite interesting. It was, uh, it was, I can't say that it was, like, cool because it's a tragedy, right? But, um, I thought it was a well-done documentary. I was like, I was very, I was like, shit, dude. Like, I can't believe, like, you know, the sad thing is there's so many tragedies and traumatic and just, that's it. There's just so many tragic events that have happened uh, over my course of life. And then not to mention the immense amount of stuff that's happened prior to my birth. But yeah, man, it's um, sometimes there's just been so many tragedies. You kind of forget about one. But yeah, this one, uh yeah, it was it was very very tragic. So if you haven't heard about Waco, I thought this was a well done docu series uh, going over the events that took place in Waco, uh, Texas. You know, Texas. So that was that was worth a watch. I thought I thought that was pretty good. But you know, just take it with a grain of salt. It's a sad sad situation. So we'll also touch on a little piece of news since uh, Nintendo had their little direct this week. Now I didn't watch the whole entire thing, but I took in the cliff notes or whatever, and there was some 
Pretty fucking cool things announced. I mean, Pikmin 1 and 2 getting shadow dropped. I creamed. I want those games bad. But I believe I am going to wait for the uh, physical releases on those. Uh, They're supposed to be coming out in September. So I just played Pikmin 3 not that long ago. And that was the first and only Pikmin game that I've ever played. I was hoping that they were going to re-release them. And they did. So they're definitely on my radar. I'm going to want to grab those up and play them. That is for sure. I, I love a good shadow drop. They did that. Last time with Metroid, um, what do you call that? Metroid Prime Remake. So that was dope. The new 2D Mario game was announced. That looks, I mean, it's a 2D Mario game. Looks pretty cool. And then the big one that was a little bit surprising, honestly, was the remake for Super Mario RPG was announced. So there's a lot to go off with that alone. I mean, finally, we're going to see Geno again, and maybe that will uh, rekindle the whatever's behind Geno. Maybe we're going to see Geno come back into the Nintendo fold. Maybe he gets an appearance in Smash Bros. Maybe he gets his own game. Maybe we get to see, finally, a Super Mario RPG 2. There's a lot that can go on with this, right? So this is huge. This is awesome. I've uh, I've never actually played Super Mario RPG, but I've watched playthroughs. I have played it, just haven't beaten it. Just at the time, it's a pretty simple RPG. It's kind of a lot of people would call it baby's first RPG, kind of an RPG, but it's an all timer. It's 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 fucking phenomenal. It's just it's a little simple and and a little bit white bread if if that makes any sense it was a little bit basic but yeah the remake it looks cool i mean the little itty bitty mario looks so cute so plump and a little chunky i love them love the looks so that was awesome really uh thought that was cool so what do you guys think of the nintendo direct are you uh excited for any of those games right there are you gonna get that mario rpg i mean fuck yeah i'm pretty happy about that i would have preferred they just release it on super nintendo online because that would have been cool maybe they'll do that too we'll see all right so let's move on now to the final fantasy 6 talk Okay, baby, here we go. Another episode, another entry into the Backlog Retro Series, and we got a big one, y'all. It's Final Fantasy VI. A lot of people consider this to be one of the greatest RPGs ever made. It's a lot of people's favorite game ever made, so on and so forth. My history with this game is fairly recent. It's kind of been a white whale for me, honestly. It's something that I've been very aware of. I know the history behind this game, how it's actually Final Fantasy VI, in Japan, and it was three here. Okay, we're gonna skip through all that because it's a pretty well-known situation. But uh, yeah, so like I said, it's kind of like the white whale out there. I've seen this game in the wild numerous times. Always extremely expensive, uh, multiple hundreds of dollars. Which at a time, you know, a uh, fourteen to seventeen, eighteen-year-old me just really wasn't willing to pay for that kind of game. I mean. I never, I played some of the, I mean, I, Final Fantasy's been in my gaming life literally since the beginning. I played Final Fantasy 1, uh, one of my earliest memories was playing Final Fantasy 1 on the Nintendo way back in the day. I was maybe 4, possibly 5, had no idea what I was doing, but I've always known of Final Fantasy, and you would always hear about how good Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 was, so I always wanted to get my hands on it and never could. Now, a few years ago, a couple years ago, I think, maybe a year ago, a buddy of mine, 
a, a friend from the Optional Boss podcast. Look it up. Fantastic podcast. Uh, he hooked me up and put Final Fantasy VI on my 3DS. And I was playing it. I was on vacation. My wife and I were on, I think we're actually on our honeymoon. But anyway, uh, you know, had some free time. And I thought, fuck, let's try some Final Fantasy VI playing on the 3DS, and it just wasn't hitting, you know, I just, I played a little bit of it, and it kind of just dropped off, and it just didn't stick with me, then they announced the Pixel Remasters, I was like, yes, finally, I could finally get this on my Switch, easy access, bam, they came out, I downloaded it immediately, and yeah, within a week, I was playing Final Fantasy VI on the Pixel Remasters, so that is the version that I'll be reviewing and talking about today, because... I mean, that is the most, that is the current, most recent version of the game that you can get your hands on. Probably the easiest way to get your hands on the game today. So, that's the one I'm going to be talking about. And, I mean, fuck. Uh, finally getting my hands on it. It took forever. So, I was a little bit nervous that, you know, after building this game up for well over a decade, uh, was it going to hit? And we're going to find out. We will find out. We will be discussing this game We're going to go through some stuff. We're going to go through music and graphics and all that great stuff. Some of the great moments that I experienced throughout this game. I'm going to mostly avoid spoilers, but some of the moments that I talk about may be spoiler um, uh, involved. But if you you don't like that, it is an older game and there's, you know, I kind of have to talk about some of the stuff. But I won't go into full on just full out spoilers. But I'm going to mention some stuff that happens in the game that is really cool. So if you don't want that, my apologies. But before we even get into the moments and graphics and all that great stuff, I gotta talk about the music. So, you probably heard some of the music already, and Mercy Hospital is the music in this game ever, ever freaking good, man. Oh my goodness, is it ever good. And I have a potential versus that I may want to do. I kind of want to put Final Fantasy VI up against Chrono Trigger and see... Which one comes out ahead? Now, I already know the answer in my head, but I think it would be fun to kind of go through that. But the music in this game, oh baby, that shit was good. Not long ago, I did an episode. Uh, I don't remember which one it was, but I put in the Kefka music, and I was just like, ooh, that is really catchy. I really enjoy that. And my goodness, there's so much good music in this game. Now, it didn't, like... None of it is, like, stuck in my head the way that a Chrono Trigger is or Pokemon or something like that. There wasn't iconic tracks that are going to stick in my head or even Mario, for example. There wasn't something that was, like, super duper catchy other than, like, that the intro prelude or whatever, that Final Fantasy. That's, like, all time, but that's not, like, a new song. Anyway, the music is excellent. Down to the the battle theme is very, very good. The boss themes are even crazier. Kefka's, like, main theme, very, very catchy and quite solid. And then, like, the epic boss music, especially the one when you're fighting Kefka. Oh, my God. Operatic music. It's fucking... It's fuck so good. The music is incredible. I mean, I love, I love music... In games today, but I don't know, there was just something about, like, music just felt like it was a bigger deal back then, especially on the Nintendo side, because you had such legendary composers working on the games back then, especially the Final Fantasy series, I am struggling to pull up that name in my head right now, my apologies, but, wow, man, the music was really fucking good, I 
recall specifically numerous times where normally if when I was playing this game, it'd be like a podcast game, you know, just got a podcast in, but there was a numerous times where I'd turn the podcast down and turn the music, uh, turn the switch up and just listen to the music. I mean, oh God, it was very, very good. You have so much variety in the music. Like I said, you have the calming kind of overworld, relaxing tunes to the just balls to the wall, fucking crazy operatic, insane shit beautifully done i love the music in this game then on the other spectrum we have the graphics so this is uh so it is a pixel remaster i don't understand 100 uh what that means uh necessarily i feel like they cleaned it up a bit now like i don't have i didn't have access to the original game you can do a couple of like uh, there's a graphical option in the Pixel Remaster where you can kind of make it look like you're playing on a CRTV, like the old TVs, the, the curved screen or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Old shit. But uh, I didn't I didn't use that. I didn't feel the need for it. I thought it looked fine, like in the whatever the normal, whatever the upgrade was. I feel like it was kind of minimal. I've seen other gameplay. I don't know if this is the mobile version or possibly the DS version, but it was a cleaned up version of the game and, and models and everything looked... Uh, more cleaned up and stuff, but I don't think it was, it wasn't in a 16-bit. This is still 16-bit. It still looks like the original game, just kind of brightened up and cleaned up a little bit more uh, smooth and uh, less blurry, but yeah, the graphics, they still hold up. I mean, it's pixels for the most part. Your characters are all pixels. I mean, it's 16-bit. It looks great still. Then you have the kind of enemy sprites. They're a little bit more detailed, so you'll have, it just looks like They'll have, like, your typical enemies. There's like I think there's, like, bears. Then you just look like fucking grizzly bear. You have wolves and shit like that. But then you get, like, the mythical creatures. There's, like, fucking dragons. T-Rexes, which isn't all that mythical, but you know what I'm saying. So they have, like, kind of your standard, more normal-looking things. Then you have your fucking mythical creatures, these ice beasts and all this crazy shit. So those have more details. They aren't, like... 16-bit your typical stuff they're like they actually look like an image of a wolf or something like that so those look fine some of them are a little bit goofy looking than others but I thought it was fine it it is definitely it looks strange right like when some enemies you'll go up to let's say like Kefka for example Kefka has a a a sprite a 16-bit sprite but then when you fight him he's like this fucking super detailed and yeah so there is that. I think those look good. The The enemy designs are very, very cool. A lot, tons of uh, variety in the enemy designs. There's a handful of them that just really blew me away, especially in the late game. Some of the late game bosses, we'll, we'll get into them uh, more so. But wow, some of those late game bosses looked fucking outstanding. They looked so cool. I loved it. The only part of the graphics that I feel like I don't know. It's again gonna say this. I am not a graphics guy. Graphics don't really bother me or anything. But if I had to say something about the graphics, I guess the overworld where you you get out there, you're in your big overworld map. It's kind of in mode seven, so like it's flat, but it's also trying to be like three D, but it's not. So it I, like mode seven, fucking so cool for its time kind of ages a little bit not gracefully but it wasn't bad or anything it was just something i'm like oh okay that kind of looks a little bit goofy at times where like there's supposed to be a, a mountain here but it's just flat so you're like oh okay well whatever it's not it's not ending the game it's not ruining anything for me uh 
And another thing on the overworld is, like, some of the towns and stuff, like, you'll be flying around, and there'll be, like, a little cave here and a town over here. They're pretty blurry, and sometimes they can be a little bit hard to see because they're so blurry, but other than that, man, I think the graphics still hold up for a Super Nintendo game. I mean, Super Nintendo has aged so very, very beautifully. I mean, it's kind of the masterclass, like the tippy top of 16-bit graphics for its time. And this game is one of the best looking of its time. And it still looks good now. I mean, if sprites and all that stuff aren't your jam, then you probably aren't going to like the look of this game. But it, I'm super nostalgic for that. So yeah, I love the look of this game. The art style is really cool. I like it. Looks good. And then, so this is an RPG. So it's, it's a Final Fantasy. So it's Pretty similar to your other Final Fantasies, turn-based action with magic you get, but there's... Now, I will admit that I haven't played or beaten any of the Final Fantasies 1 through 5. I've played 1, but barely got far in it, so if there's uh, things that may have been in prior games that I talk about in this one, my apologies, but in this one you get... Like, with all your characters, and don't worry, we'll be talking about the characters, but with all the characters, they kind of have their own little special move or their own little special gimmick. So, one guy, he uses tools, and it kind of acts like a special extra attack for him. You can still use magic, and you can still just attack normally, but these tools, they offer up some extra abilities. Some of them will... They will uh, flash everybody and make them all blind. It can confuse the enemies. It can uh, shoot a crossbow and it'll hit all the enemies. You get this drill, which is really good. We'll, we'll get more into that. But every character kind of has a little gimmick. Or, I mean, or you can call it a job title because that's kind of the thing in Final Fantasy is everyone has a job. Um, so there'll be like mages, you got your thief, you got, you know, that kind of stuff, kind of class bases and stuff like that. So that's pretty sort of standard, but as you go through, you're picking up new people, new abilities, and you're like, oh shit, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. And, but for the most part, it's your standard turn-based RPG. You, you run around. Yes, there is, uh, random encounters. Now that is one thing. It's something that they added in the quality of life updates. You can turn off your random encounters, which is great. There was uh, quite a handful of times where maybe I'm just traveling around and it's like, oh, I really don't want to be stopping and having random fights all the time. So you can turn off random battles if you're just trying to explore, which is a fantastic perk. I, I absolutely love that addition. So you got that, you're battling, you got your typical magic, and then you have this thing called espers, which basically is like magic. You'll go around, you'll find these espers, which basically has the power of some sort of uh, god or some sort of thing like that. So you have like your Shivas and um, your classic Final Fantasy. I don't know what the hell they're called. Like mythical beasts or gods or whatever the hell. Um, oh, what are they called in Final Fantasy Seven? Whatever. It doesn't matter all that much. But you'll unlock these ones and then you can attach that specific esper to a character and it'll unlock uh, a variety of magic attacks or magic abilities in that esper and then you can change up the espers once they maxed out that particular esper you'll learn a whole bunch of different magic so this just really opens up basically by the end game i just had like everybody learned virtually every spell but if you want to I, I, that's another thing with this game another quality of life update is that you can speed the game up you can fucking make uh, everyone move like twice as fast of the original speed you can make battle speed faster text speed faster you can 
increase how much experience you're getting per fight. You can make it times one, times two, times four. So if you're struggling with a boss or anything, you can really just bang out like four or five little battles. Really just speeds up the grinding process, which all said and done, there was not a whole lot of grinding that I needed to do in this game. I think there was one instance where I grinded, grind, and it took like 10 minutes to grab like five levels. So Again, another part of the quality of life updates that is just excellent. And you can also increase the speed at which you are learning these new spells, I believe. I think that's what it's doing. But yeah, it, it's cool. So you can you can set it up so that you have someone that's like more healing based and maybe buffs and debuffs. And then you can have your other people that are more about the, the attacking stuff, your fire, your ice and all that stuff. But like I said, especially with the characters that you're you're with for most of the game from early until the end, they were pretty well loaded up with every spell. And there's a fucking shitload of spells, man. There's so many spells in this game. And the thing that I really like about this Final Fantasy in particular is that like a lot of those debuffs and buff spells like actually work on bosses and stuff like that in Final Fantasy, which in other games they generally don't. Like, it's like, oh, I want to use this silence spell so that then this guy can't use his magic attacks. And you can actually do that in Final Fantasy. Like, you'll go up to a boss and it'll, it'll tell you in the guide or something like, oh, this boss is really um, susceptible to silence. So you can sit there, hit it with a silence, it'll actually work. You can slow them down, it'll actually work. You can poison them, you can do a whole bunch of shit. You can confuse them, you can scare them, there's all those kind of buffs and debuffs. Obviously, that can all happen to you as well, and you'll have your spells that can get rid of all that shit. You got haste, which will speed you up, it'll slow you down, you got a whole bunch of shit. And there's even one thing that was really cool, it took me a while to figure this one out, but there's like a reflect spell, and if you cast reflect on, on yourself, you will reflect the magic from your enemies, but you'll also reflect any magic that you do on yourself. So if you wanted, say you cast Reflect on yourself and you needed to heal, if you cast Heal on yourself, you'll reflect it and it'll heal your enemy. And I was like, oh shit, that's fucking cool. So if I had, there was a particular boss where I put Reflect on everybody, and what I had to do to heal my people was to put the heal spell onto the enemy it would bounce off the enemy and then it would hit me and heal myself i was like that's pretty fucking cool there was a couple times where i was dealing with an enemy that was freezing me and then i fucking hit someone with a fire spell and it defrosted them so i thought that was really fucking cool a really cool mechanic i thought especially for the time that little detail very very cool i thought that was awesome so Lots and lots of magic to use in this game. You have your physical attacks. I mean, honestly, the regular attack, I don't think I used it very much outside of the first, like, five hours of the game. Because there's just so many other attacks now. And then you got, like, your equipment and everything. So the only time that I was using my attack is there's, there's a ring that you can get, which allows your attack to become four attacks in one. So that, that, that thing was useful, and you'll find you'll be getting equipment all throughout this game. Standard RPG stuff. You go to a town, go to the shop. Oh, they got slightly stronger gear. So you get the gear, you upgrade, you can find treasures all throughout the game. Yeah, so 
like that, it's your standard RPG stuff, but with those little um, extra things, I thought it was quite cool with the battle system. It added good variety, especially the fact that you can change out your parties and stuff, and you're like, oh, I want this guy, he can do that, she can do that, so you can mix and match party members all throughout. You'll be, like, at points, certain party members will be gone, and they'll come back later, and so, yeah, you're using a big variety of characters in this game, and we'll, we'll get into the characters soon. So with that being said, we'll uh, try and dip into the story without spoiling things too much. I mean, so the game is kind of split into two parts. You have uh, the first part of the game, which takes part in the world of balance, which is a bit more linear. It's a little more uh, simple to understand. It's like, hey, do this, go there, no problem. A little bit of exploration here or there. And then you have the other half of the game, which is in the world of Ruin, which has a lot more exploration, a little bit less hand-holding. You can kind of just go around and find stuff on your own, do a little bit of discovering, maybe pop into a town, hear a little rumor, go off, go find it. So there's a little bit, it's a little bit more free in the world of Ruin, but it's also easier to like, get lost, maybe not know what you're doing. So basically, there's um, there's this crazy dude, his name is Kefka, you might have heard of him, and he's basically just trying to destroy the fucking world and everything and everything about it. This dude is batshit crazy, and since we just brought up Kefka, let's do, let's talk about some of the characters in this game. There is a huge roster of characters in Final Fantasy VI. Um, for me personally, I think this is the biggest group of characters that I've experienced in a Final Fantasy game. Now, I've only played and uh, I've done 7, 9, uh, 10, 12... Play a little bit of 13, but I just couldn't handle it. It was so terrible. And yeah, so this one, I mean, shit, what do we have? Like 10, 12 characters maybe? There's a lot. But the one that everyone likes to talk about the most is Kefka. So let's spend some time with Kefka. So we know that Kefka is a batshit crazy guy. Everyone says he's one of the greatest villains. So on and so forth. Me personally... With everything being built up about Kefka, all the videos that I've seen about Kefka, so on and so forth, people saying, oh, he's the craziest villain of all time. Now, take it with a grain of salt, I was a little bit let down by Kefka in this game. Only because there wasn't that much of him. I thought there was going to be a lot more moments with Kefka. There was a handful, but I was expecting a lot more... Uh, just more scenes and more events to show off how crazy and insane that Kafka is. Now, the first thing that he did that really, I was like, oh, okay, this guy's batshit crazy. He poisons this entire town. Uh, they, he poisons the entire water system, gets everybody sick. And I was like, okay, this guy's absolutely crazy. And there's other times he'll just be talking to soldiers and he has like no respect or appreciation or care for human life. He's just like throw them in the trash basically. They're they're nothing. They're the dirt below the dirt underneath my boots. So he is an absolute narcissistic fucking psychopath, right? Now, I liked him a lot. Don't get me wrong. I thought Kefka was fantastic, especially that iconic laugh, right? That whatever it is, like that it's so Super Nintendo like that laugh, like, I heard it a lot, like, I recall that laugh from Chrono Trigger, it was in Chrono Trigger a lot, and I was like, what is that laugh, and I don't know if that's where it came from, I don't know if Kefka was the first person to produce that sound, but it is, like, super duper iconic for anyone that probably played Super Nintendo back in the day, but yeah, man, Kefka's awesome, I like the design of this guy, he's like a crazy clown jester kind of thing, 
And his pixel version, like the pixel sprite version of him, it's like, yeah, it's whatever. But then when you see like the actual Kefka, when you're battling him and you get the really detailed thing, like the dude is fucking out of control, awesome looking. I mean, I would really love for them to, you know, if, if, if I had to pick like the next game for them to do a big fucking remaster, like Final Fantasy VII remake style, like, wouldn't it be awesome if they did Final Fantasy VI and you bring all these characters, you bring Kefka and Locke and Terra and, and, and all the others, you bring them to the modern day 3D, like, would that be awesome or would it just be like, I don't, would it translate well or wouldn't it? Like, would they ruin Kefka if he like came out of, I don't know, 16-bit? Would they be able to like properly display what Kefka is in 3D. I feel like they'd be able to do it. There was a handful of scenes in this game that I'm like, man, can you imagine what they do with this with on a PS5 today? Like, can you imagine these explosions and in this moment of the game, like on a PS5, like, oh my God, yes. So I think it would work really good. And I think, man, to see Kefka in a modern style video game, it could be really fun. I think, honestly, you can make him even more fucked up. Like, he was fucked up in this game, but, you know, that's that was 30 years ago. What was fucked up back then is maybe a little bit tame now, so, you know what I'm saying? So, I think, yeah, I would love to see Final Fantasy VI get a modern remake. That would be really, really cool. But, yeah, Kefka, fantastic villain. You want to take him out. You, you want to stop this guy. And I think mostly it comes down to comparing him to other villains uh, in prior Final Fantasy games, like 1 to 5. I hear there's, like, a couple, like, pretty good villains, but, like, no one compares to Kefka in terms of the Final Fantasy games prior to this. So I can understand where that appreciation comes from for Kefka. But me personally, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of other more crazy villains that I've dealt with in video games over Kefka but really really thought Kefka was awesome in terms of Final Fantasy boss uh, villains yeah he's definitely one of the best I personally can't say I like Kefka more than Sephiroth I've now there's definitely some nostalgia there I grew up around the Final Fantasy 7 I knew more and yeah so I would pick Sephiroth over Kefka, but Kefka is no slouch, man. Very, very strong villain. Really enjoyed him. And then, oh my goodness, dude, where do we even start with all the other characters? So, now you're not going to have a level of character development that you would in, say, a Persona game or something. You're not having, like, numerous one-on-one conversations and shit like that with all of the characters, but... A lot of great characters in this game. I mean, we'll kind of just go down the line and, and we'll talk about them a little bit. You got your Locke, who's your kind of your classic thief with a heart of gold. He's classic, really good guy. Now, in terms of combat, he wasn't my favorite to use. His his special move was like stealing stuff, and yeah, it wasn't my favorite. So I didn't use him a whole bunch outside of the parts that I had to use him. Then you got Sabin. Oh my, I love Sabin. He was the best. A uh, bit of a goofball, and he's a a fighter, or, or I think that, I don't know, was he called a monk or something? But I loved using this guy in combat because his special moves are all these different, like, fucking kung fu moves kind of deal or something, and you'd have to put in these button prompts to do them, like a combo, and I just liked it. They were, 
I remember when I played it originally a few years ago, I didn't like it because for some reason it wasn't telling me what to do. I kind of had to actually memorize them with my brain and that was a problem. But in this game, it has the button prompts right up there. So, and they're really easy. Honestly, after doing them like four or five times, they're extremely easy to memorize and you're just banging them out. I unlocked the most powerful move with this guy and it was probably like a nine button uh, combo that you gotta hit, but it's really easy. It's like left, left, up, up, right, right, A, B, or something. So, really easy. You're fucking, especially when you're in like some really hefty battles and you got like the speed up and shit. You're just, you're just putting in that button combo. Really liked having him. That he was one of my big boys. Uh, had him in the final battle. Really, really like Sabin. That was my boy. King Edgar, another one of my boys, just a solid-ass character, powerhouse. He was the one that uses the tools, so the tools are really useful, especially that drill. His drill attack was very, very powerful, very useful. And Edgar, I had, like, all the magic, man. He could do everything. He was such a useful guy to have in the party at all times. You got, now I might fight, fuck this name up, but Sian, uh, Kayan, whatever the hell you want to call him, love this guy. He was... Older, older kind of a warrior soldier guy, and he had like the old time, timey talk. He's like, Arst thou willeth cometh, and all that shit. Loved him, and he was a heavy, heavy hitter, man. He hits hard, hits like a truck, and he's got these fantastic, um, I think it's called like Bushudo or something. He was a master of, of sword, swordsmanship, so he had all these really awesome sword attacks. Very powerful, really liked using him. The only problem with his attacks is that you couldn't always, like, direct what person he's attacking. He'll kind of just attack them at random, but he's so damn powerful for the most part, it really didn't matter who he was attacking. He did so much damage, so I fucking loved him. Then you got Terra, who I I guess is kind of like the main character. She's got the turquoise hair, and she's... Uh, and infused with the power of the espers so she's like you know the fucking golden ticket to saving the world and all that shit and she was a great little character as well i mean powerful very good at using the magic i had her with the dual cast so she can cast two magic attacks per turn very very useful i mean oh my god that came in so clutch clutch especially during the final battles in this game i mean yeah tara she was great you have Celeste. I really like Celeste. She was, uh, she actually used to be a general for Kefka and his army, and she, like, fucks off and, and betrays him and stuff. So she was cool at the beginning. Like, at the beginning, I was kind of, like, hesitant. I was like, is she going to fuck with us? she going to, like, screw with me at some point? But she was just a very solid character. Hit hard, and she could do just about anything. Strago, Jesus, man. The old guy, the old man. This dude was fucking weird. Uh, I liked him. He was fine. He, uh, what was his magic? His magic was just kind of like unique magic attacks, but he had some pretty good ones there. I didn't use him a whole bunch, but I thought he was good. He had a good relationship with the, his little granddaughter. She'll come around with you as well. I forget her name. I didn't have it written down, but she uses like... The sketch ability, which admittedly I didn't get to use it all that much. And she also had a control ability, which again, I didn't get to use all that much because she's kind of a later game uh, character that I got. And I did, for the most part, like everyone kind of has a little bit of a a side quest that you got to do, especially in the second half of the game. You kind of have to go around and find everybody again. So you're going around and you, you find everybody, you get them all back into your party so you can do the final battle. And, uh, yeah, she was one of the ones that I did later. 
she was fine though i didn't like her and i didn't really like either of these two in combat um strago it's just that his fucking magic attacks took so much of the mp like there were like 50 50 mp per attack and i was like oh that's just a little bit much but you know he had his uses then you got Gao Gu, whatever the fuck his name is. He's that cave boy, the classic your little cave boy. I I thought he was decent. I mean, I used him more in the early game. Once he, we got separated, I kind of forgot to get him. So I didn't have him in the second half of the game. Honestly, another guy whose ability I didn't like all that much. You would have to go and take him to, I don't know, you can go take him to any areas of the game that have certain enemies. And once he fights those enemies, he'll unlock their abilities and then you can use their attacks. He was just too inconsistent and like he, he brought some fun where you're just like, oh, I wonder what this attack does. But a lot of the time it was like, okay, I really need you to do something right there. And you kind of just didn't do anything. So didn't use him very much, but I thought he was cool. Really cool little character. And who else do we got? Oh, Shadow. Oh, come on now. The ninja dude. Oh, so cool. I mean, another one I I fucked up. Uh, I did something wrong and I didn't get him in the second half of the game. But I used him when he was around. He'll, he, or might be a she, I forget. But uh, it'll just appear randomly. You'll bring him in your party. uh, He or she also has a dog named Interceptor. Yes, Interceptor. God, that little dog. I mean, it's it doesn't really do all that much in the game, but there's a couple moments with it. You're like, oh, it's just it's a dog. I mean, dogs are awesome. So, and I like Shadow. Shadow was good. Pretty interesting uh, set of moves. He could just he could throw shit. So if you have like an old sword in your inventory, you don't need. You could throw it for some pretty big damage, and then you could just buy like these fire scrolls, water scrolls. Uh, ninja stars and stuff. You'll just throw shit. Pretty big, pretty heavy hitter. I would have. I wish I didn't fuck up and I could have kept him or her in my party for the back half of the game. But it is what it is. But I really like Shadow. I mean, fucking ninjas. Ninjas are awesome. Like, how can you not like a ninja? Uh, you got Setzer. He was okay. I mean, he looked cool. He was a gambler. Again, another. Per- I mean. His ability was fun. It was a slot ability. A slot will go with three slots, and you got to line up the three things for him to do a particular attack. And, like, yeah, it was pretty easy to uh, to line up the three. It wasn't too bad. It had some pretty hard-hitting attacks. But if you do miss uh, lining up three icons, then he'll just do this really shitty healing thing. And, yeah, just a character that was fun to use, but when it's, like, go time going into a big boss battle, not the guy that I'm bringing in because he doesn't have that consistent damage output. But I like that character. I thought he was pretty cool. And then you you got uh, you got kind of your animal creature things. You got Moog, who's a, a mogul, a classic, you know, Final Fantasy character. It was fine, you know, it was fine. Very, very cute. You can't go wrong with that. Mog. And then you got Umaro, who is literally a snow yeti, a ginormous snow yeti that you go, I think you fight it, and then it joins your party or something. That thing was pretty useful. It kind of has a mind of its own. You can't really control it. You can't give it any, uh, like, weapons or armor or anything. You can give it some, like, rings and shit, but it's basically on its own. Heavy hitter, pretty useful, but yeah, not also another one that it got pretty late into the game. So those are all the characters. By far my favorites were Sabin, Edgar, C- Keon, Sion, and like Terra, Celeste. There were those were my heavy hitters. Those are the ones that I'm going into big battles with. 
But let's talk about some of the moments of this game. I mean, there are some pretty great moments in this game. I mean, if you don't want to hear, it's not overly spoilers, but I'm just going to kind of like hint at what I'm talking about. But there is an opera scene. You're going to go to an opera in this game. And this one was like, it was a really graphically impressive mode seven kind of moment that I was like sitting there when I'm watching it, I'm like, man, this must have fucking blown away the nerds back in the early mid nineties or whatever when they saw that for the first time. Cause damn, that's something special about Final Fantasies. Even when I replayed Final Fantasy IX like two years ago, I still thought the graphics were like, I was extremely impressed. Like those FMV videos on PlayStation 1 and stuff, they look fucking awesome. Now, they don't have any of that in this game, but you know, I thought the Mode 7, which is basically how they did cutscenes back in the day, I thought it was really impressive. And the opera scene in this game was really fucking cool. You have to like... You're partaking in the opera, and there's, like, some kind of a memory game you have to play. I thought that was really cool. And then we talked about this, but Kefka poisoning the whole entire town of people and just not giving a fuck. He's like, I don't care. That was pretty badass. And then the only, there's only two, well, three bosses that gave me trouble in this game. And the first one was Ultima Weapon. I mean, whew, that was a that was a fight, man. That was the only boss that I got to that... He was kicking my ass so bad I had to stop and, like, grind up a little bit. And then I went and beat his ass down. But that was a tough fight. And there's another fight with Ultima... I forget what it's like, Ultima something else. But that fight was also tricky. But I found that the the first Ultima weapon fight was quite tough. I found that one pretty tough. And then... Oh, dude, the Cultist Tower? What the fuck, man? Like, this was that, I was not climbing that tower without turning the freaking encounters off. Like, I, I had a guide, like, on the side, and I was reading about it, and it just sounded like an absolute fucking pain in the ass to get up there and do whatever it is that I had to do up there, but I was like, nope. Oh, that's where I learned how to use the reflect to bounce the magic off really good. Yeah, the cultist tower was a really tricky, kind of like a magic Almost like an endurance run, basically. You gotta climb up this massive fucking tower with a whole bunch of levels and shit, and you're fighting these really, really annoying enemies. I just decided to skip all that shit. I'm like, I'm leveled up good. I'm not dealing with these guys. And that is the great thing about these new, newly released Final Fantasy games. If there's an annoying part you don't wanna you don't wanna deal with, you don't have to. And there was a really cool boss fight. Um, I had to read about this, but you have to actually cast. Uh, there's a spell you can cast that will revive you whenever, when you go down, it'll just automatically hit you with a revive and it'll bring you back to life. And you have to have one of those, uh, those casts before you fight this boss. Cause his final attack will just kill all your party members and you'll have to do the fight over again. I was like, Oh, that's chintzy, but it was kind of cool. Right? So I thought the cultist tower, it was definitely an iconic moment. I could definitely see some people absolutely fucking hating it if you had to actually fight your way all the way up, but I'm a bitch and I didn't do it. And then one of the cool missions, you actually have to go, uh, this is like a side side. I think it's a side quest. Um, and you have to find this particular like worm enemy and you have to let it eat your entire party. So you have to just kind of sit there, let it fucking eat every single party member individually. And then you end up inside of the worm and it's like its own little dungeon kind of thing. I thought that was fucking cool. I'm like, Jesus for like, 
I get blown away. I'm like, damn, like this game's 30 years old or whatever. Like that's really freaking cool, man. Like I can, I always just try to put myself in the shoes of, uh, I don't know what would maybe a younger, a young teenager at the time, just getting blown away by this kind of shit. Like how fucking cool is that? There's a really cool side quest that you had to do with, uh, Sian's, Kion, whatever the fuck you have to like, he's having a nightmare and you have to go into his nightmare and then you fucking fight some shit in, in his freaking head and you come out i thought that was really cool just another thing that you're like oh man like how cool would that have been to experience in the 90s but it's like oh now we're experiencing now when we're 30 never mind that was a really bad stepbrothers joke and then there was a, oh man there was this one part you have to do i th- i think it's castle doma is that i think that's the place there's a castle that's out in the middle of the desert and it'll, it like goes into the ground and it'll burrow underneath the ground and it'll come out at another area. There's a mission that you have to do uh, midway through its underground travels. It'll stop and you have to, you'll be like, okay, just stop it here. You'll And then underground, you'll go to the prison inside the, the, the castle and there's like a fucking tunnel that you can go through. And there's a whole fucking underground dungeon. I was like, oh my God, that is really freaking cool, man. Like that's almost like, like Elden Ring shit, like to the equivalent back then to now. Like the first time I, uh, I don't know, the first really big eye-opening moment in Elden Ring where you're like, holy shit, like this game is huge. I can only imagine like that's probably what it kind of felt like for those people in, in experiencing this game when it came out. You're like, oh my God, like there's this whole big hidden dungeon underneath the sands and shit. Like, oh my God, it's a pretty hefty game. Like there's a lot of areas to go to. There was a good amount of side quests to do and side missions to do and things to go check out, treasures to go find and all that. Really cool. And I tried my best to do everything. I didn't, now I don't think I did every single thing. I was following an old IGN guide and I just did everything that was in the guide. So if I, I feel like I, I'm like, I said, I did fuck up a couple things. I didn't get the cave boy back in my party and I fucked up getting shadow back in my party, but I tried to do a lot of the side missions that weren't necessary, but I did as much as I could. And a lot of it was really fun. So now we'll get to uh, my favorite part of the game, which was the fun finale where you finally go, you get your party together, you get all fucking powered up. You got as many people as you think you're like, yeah. And then you finally storm fucking Kefka's tower and you're going through this this place looks insane by the way I mean unlike any other area in the game I mean other areas you got like your caves you got normal towns kind of a steampunky towns and and stuff like then you got this place that's just like the depths of hell and like right out of a fucking what's that Geiger guy that the guy who created aliens it looks like he created this place it's just this underground underworld fucking yeah looks like hell really cool design really liked it and then you're going through this area and it was really fun so i don't know if i touched on this but there was a couple uh things in this game i wish there was more of it but you can actually kind of like choose what you want to do next there's a part where you have three characters and there's three parts of the story like hey which one do you want to do first you can pick that one this one or that one i thought that was really cool now i think that was the only time that it did that I thought that was neat. I don't think it really mattered which... I don't think there was any story implications into which order I did it in, but I just thought it was cool. It's like, oh shit, I can I get to pick. That's fun. And there's another time where, like, um, you have your three kind of, like, you make three different parties of, like, three or four, and your Kefka is sent out, like, a full-on attack, 
in this like underground base that you're at and they're all coming at you from different directions and you have to take control of your three different party members and send them down to different areas to stop them. So you're controlling three people at the same time kind of deal. They do that a couple of times, which I thought was fun. And they do it here in uh, the final area with Kefka. So you're kind of going through kind of like a maze and you'll get to a part where you're like, okay, I'm stuck. You'll go control the other guy till you get to an area, hit a switch that'll, so it's just, uh, you're kind of like slowly making your way through this puzzle battling. And then the boss fights. Oh man, the boss fights before you even get to Kefka. You got these three bosses that you fight and they look so freaking cool, man. Uh, first one. Now their names aren't super cool. They're kind of basic, but the first one I fought was, he's just called demon and boy, howdy, does he ever look like a fucking demon? I mean, this dude looked fucking spectacular. Like, whatever their version of, like, the devil would be. Now, that that's probably what this guy is. But, wow. I mean, I was blown away. Like, when that dude popped up, I was like, holy shit. Like, they really put in the extra work on this guy. Like, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I was quite impressed. Uh, some of them could be a little bit of a letdown. There's like a series of dragons that you have to fight throughout the game. And some of them look really cool and some of them are like really tiny. But the little tiny one also was like one of the strongest ones. So I don't know. They're just kind of trolling. But yeah, anyway. So the demon looked fucking awesome. So each group has to kind of fight one of these really fucking awesome final boss kind of dealies before you get to Kefka. The other one was called Goddess, I think. Again, just looked so freaking cool and then there was one called fiend so th these three bosses aside from kefka look the most badass i mean wow those things just stood out so i was like wow i can't get over it how fucking cool they looked so you get through those guys and then you finally get to kefka who at this point has gone full loco senor this guy has completely lost it He's now, uh, he's a golden god. He's going to destroy the planet. He's going to kill everybody. And yeah, so we got to stop this bitch. But now I don't know if this entire three-tier fight or whatever, I don't know if this, I can't recall if this is all Kefka or if just the final fight is Kefka. But regardless, you got to do this like three-tier fight. And oh my god, the design on this final boss is fucking awesome. It'll like... So in the three tiers, it'll start out at the beginning. It's like this fucking big face thing. And then when you kill it, it's just like this other thing will like slide down. I don't know if it's like one big creature that's like in tiers, but oh, it was so freaking cool. And it was pretty difficult. Like the fight, I really liked the fight because each one kind of had a different feel to it. More than ever in this fight, did I actually have to put down like some serious defenses, like putting up sh uh, shells and putting up regen and haste and casting all that st stuff, making sure everyone's got a re-rise and all of that stuff. Because if I didn't, I was getting slaughtered. It took me uh, three or four tries, I think, to finally get through Kefka, where I finally got my strategy down. Uh, big, big thing was to have that dual cast. That dual cast came in so clutch. that I could, If I needed to have two heals, I can get two heals off. Very, 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 very useful. And the only thing that sucked about that, like, it didn't really bother me, but it did suck when, it, like, if you died during the boss fight, you'd have to go through, like, the whole kind of cutscene deal before the fight. It takes, like, I'm not going to say 10 minutes, but it definitely took some time where I'm like, oh, I wish there was a skip. But thankfully, the fight wasn't, like... Now, I've complained about this in the past where... I don't like overly long fights and overly difficult fights just so that you can make your game a little bit longer. 
Now, this falls into some of those categories that it's a three-tier fight, fairly long, but it wasn't that hard. You just had to be patient. You had to just heal accordingly. Don't overattack, and you'll be just dandy. I thought it was a very fun, rewarding boss fight. I had a really good time with it. And then, like, the reveal of of the of the tears of the bosses and then the final reveal of the golden god that is Kefka just coming down from the hem- heavens to fucking kill you and your party and you have the final battle with him it was pretty easy not going to lie i kind of kicked the shit out of Kefka but the whole entire situation like you had to fight the the bosses before before you even get your hands on them then you kill him it's awesome and then you got to do this really fucking I loved this final sequence. It's kind of like final credits mixed with the final scene of everybody, everyone in your party. Each one kind of has like a little groups will have their own little like section of them escaping. You see a little moment between them and the other characters they're with. And it was a really fucking awesome finale ending to the game. I loved it. Really loved that ending, man. And yeah, that's that was Final Fantasy VI. Uh, All in all, it took me around 26 to 28 hours, give or take an hour or so for, you know, reading guides or doing whatever the fuck. But yeah, I mean, your average Final Fantasy game, I'd say probably take you around 35 to 40 hours. So I would say with the quality of life updates, easily knocked off probably five, five or more hours off of my gameplay, which is a big reason why I'd, I wouldn't I don't like to revisit the old Final Fantasies because of the random encounters, the the slowness of the battle sometimes, sometimes the length of attacks, you know what I mean when you summon in uh fucking Bahamut or something and that animation takes 55 seconds for him to shoot off his laser cannon and then you got to do it again and again and again. Now with all these re-releases of the Final Fantasies where you can speed up the battle times, you can speed up this and that, you can turn off the random encounters, you can amp up how much experience you're getting, your grinding is gone, like, there's never been a better time to experience the Final Fantasy games than right now, and they were already masterpieces, they still hold up to get today, and without question, Final Fantasy VI, rather... I, I mean, there's no question you, you have to buy the new version. You, you have to get the Pixel Remaster version. There's really no reason for you not to get them. You don't have to buy the whole entire package. You can just buy them individually. That's what I did. I didn't want to drop $120 on six Final Fantasy games. So I dropped $25 for one. Played it. Had a great time. One of the best fucking deals you can get. I mean, Final Fantasy VI is absolutely worth the price with the quality of life updates, I can't recommend this game uh, enough to RPG fans, especially if you haven't experienced a Final Fantasy VI or any of the ones prior. I mean, me personally, I would have loved to start off at Final Fantasy One and work my way up to six. I couldn't wait, man. I've already been waiting like 15 years to play this game, and I went straight for it, and I do not regret it. I don't think the stories like link up or anything all that much, so it's not like I was missing super important story stuff, but... I fucking love Final Fantasy VI, man. It absolutely stands the test of time. It's a masterpiece. It's going to hold up fucking probably 30 years from now. Still going to be a blast to play, and it's still going to hold up. The music is great. It has an art style and a graphical style that is going to age fantastically. 
and fuck yeah, man. I highly recommend this game. Check it out, especially if you own a Switch. I believe you can also get it on PlayStation and stuff if, if that is the way. But playing these games handheld on the Switch is just like, mwah, they were fucking designed for it. There's like, I really can't see myself playing them any other way. I think playing them on a big TV, just, I don't know. It wouldn't hit the same way that it does playing it handheld on my Switch. That is my preferred way. That is how I'm going to play the remainder of these Final Fantasy games. I'm going to be plucking away at the rest of them very slowly, probably over the course of the rest of my life. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm not in any rush to start up another Final Fantasy. I'm honestly RPG'd out right now. I just did Persona and Final Fantasy. And like, yeah, I'm good right now, but absolutely inclined to play more of these pixel remasters i'm very happy with the quality of life updates it's exactly what the doctor ordered and needed because yeah man those random encounters just kind of suck ace and grinding i'm not a big i don't like to grind so that's all eliminated but it's all you can play it the original way if you want it there's original music there you can change it to an updated music but i just kept it og You can make the graphics look old if you want to. They really did a good job with this package, other than its release. I mean, releasing the physicals on the website only and it being extremely difficult to get your hands on. Uh, Very happy for the people that did get their hands on it. All my friends that were getting this game, they all got their physicals and I'm jealous. So good for y'all and thank you everybody so much for listening. That is another episode of the Retro Backlog series down. And that's another game that I am pleasantly happy to report is still fantastic today. You'll have a blast with it. I loved it. I I can't, I don't really want, if I was going to put a score on like the Pixel Remaster game itself as a package, eight and a half out of 10 because You can't go wrong with that price. You can't go wrong. It's just a masterpiece of a game. Recommend it to get on Switch, though. Handheld is the way to go with these games. That is my recommendation. Highly recommend it. Go play some Final Fantasy VI. Don't miss out on this game. I'm happy that I finally got to experience it. And that's all thanks to the Switch, goddammit. I love the Switch. And soon, soon, I'm going to do my Switch appreciation episode. Where I feel like we're getting closer. I still think the Switch still has a couple good years left in it. Before it's uh, it's time to say goodbye. But that will be it for me, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you have any other retro masterpieces that you maybe want me to talk about that I haven't already, make sure you go back and check out all the prior episodes I've done. What have we done so far? We've done Super Castlevania, Mario 3, Super Mario World. Hell yeah. There's a lot of games that I didn't get to experience as a young kid because I didn't have all that many games back then. You only get a handful of games. And yeah, so... I will talk about those games as well once once that comes. You know, the Donkey Kong Country. I still got to do Donkey Kong Country 2. So we'll be doing that. There will be lots coming in the future. So stick around. Tell your friends. Leave a review and all that great stuff. There's a Twitter page you can follow along for announcements and updates and schedule changes and anything like that. You can send in your questions there. These also get uploaded to YouTube now. The link is down below. I have a YouTube channel where I don't... I not only upload the podcast episodes over there but i also have videos of me playing video games so recently i did uh resident evil there's telltale games there's uh whatever there's 
a good variety of shit over there. So go over there, check out the YouTube channel, and uh, let me know what you think. I also have an email address. If you want to send emails, I'd love to hear from you guys. Let me know what you're up to and what kind of games you would like to talk about in the future. So thank you again, everybody. Let me know what you thought about Final Fantasy VI. What were your memories growing up with the game? What are your memories, more recent memories that you have with it, like me that didn't experience it? I don't have the nostalgia factor with it, but... Man, I wish I did. I wish I did, but not all of us were able to get Final Fantasy VI when we were kids, but it is what it is. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We'll be back again soon with some more GX Plus Cast. Plus Cast.